today. I hope you came uh, hoping to find a whole lot of hope. That's why that's how I hope you came today. Um, so if you feel the lowest you've ever felt uh, in your life, uh, I truly believe you're in the best place you possibly could be today. Um, God's changed my message about, um, as, as, as we say in our family, 50, 11 times this week. And, and you know, how many of you know that sometimes when you're trying to find where God wants you to be or what God wants you to do or what God wants you to say, you got to be willing to go through the struggle, okay? You got to be willing to go, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to just settle for a answer. I'm going to settle for his answers. And so I tell you this often, but I say it again, especially in, in, in pertaining to this, that, that I often the way that I discover God's will is I eliminate what's not, Okay. You can, something can be a good idea and not be God's idea, all right? And so nothing that I was planning to preach uh, was not something that I knew that, that, that was based on God's word and, and couldn't be helpful. But ultimately, as I just agonized, and, and it's always the most frustrating thing to me, because normally that means it's 8 o'clock, still something on a Friday night, and I've sat still so long my body won't move once I try to get up. And, uh, uh, but I get so excited when I get to the point where I just know, hey, you know what? This right here is God's message. This right here is, it, 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 I'm out of the equation. All I am is the messenger. And so my confidence today coming to you uh, is knowing that, that God brought you here and God brought me here and God brought us to this message uh, today. Would you bow your heads with me before we get started? <clears throat> Dear God, open our eyes that we might see what you want us to see. Open our ears that we might hear what you want us to hear, Lord. And open our hearts that we might receive what it is you want us to receive. May we not just be informed, but Lord, may our lives be transformed. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Today, God has led me to talk with you uh, about how to overcome your past. How to overcome your past. There's nobody in here who doesn't have some kind of past. I want to help you find victory over, you know, that past. You know, some people, they may survive something, but they never figure out how to thrive beyond that something. The Bible is very clear that, that, that we all are sinners. The Bible says that we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And, and uh, in fact, the Bible even tells us, I believe it's in James 4, 17, uh, it tells us the definition of sin. You can write this down. It's not on your worship guide. The definition of sin, basically this, anything that you know is right in God's eyes, according to God's word, and yet you don't do what's right. And that's what makes us all uh, sinners. You know, the Bible's not there to, to, um, to, to, to show our perfection, the Bible reveals our imperfection and our need for a perfect Savior. You know, the problem with sin is this. Somebody says, well, what's, what's the biggest problem about sin? Well, there's numerous problems. First of all, the problem with sin is it distances you from God. In fact, um, up until your salvation, it separates you from God. In fact, it separates you eternally from God. Our sin, it deserves uh, hell. We all deserve to, to be separated from God. Uh, but the problem with sin is also that it takes us away from God's will. And listen, if, if sin takes you away from God's will, it takes you away from God's best. Also, sin, it takes you to a place that you can't overcome on your own. Some of you need to know that today. That um, if you could, listen, if you could overcome sin yourself, you wouldn't need Jesus. 
you wouldn't need Jesus. In fact, the very reason that God sent his only son, Jesus, to die for you, to die for me and my sins, was to deal with our sin, was to pay the price. Listen, on this cross, Jesus paid the price for your sins and my sins. And he made it possible through his death, listen, to his death, his burial, and resurrection to have victory through Jesus Christ over our sin. Now, here's a thought that God gave me. If Jesus can overcome sin and he can overcome death and he can overcome the grave for you, then he can help you overcome your past. If he can, if he can overcome sin for you, the grave for you, death for you, he can help you overcome your past. Maybe you're here today and you feel like you've messed up so much in the past, okay? You feel like you've messed up so much in the past that there is no way that you can ever get over it. I want to tell you right now, you, you can not only get through it, but you can have victory over it. You know, maybe you just constantly feel like that, that the rest of your life, because um, of all that you've done uh, since, since society wants to think, you know, everything's just about karma. Listen, if everything was about karma, we'd all be dead. Okay, I'm convinced. Oh, especially, especially if they take account of every thought you had. Okay, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm going to put my hands down when I ask this question. How many people have you murdered in your own brain? Okay, you're like, Lord Jesus, if you don't fix them, I'm going to fix them. Okay, um, I'm just thinking, man, we in Colleton County. We shoot first. Ask questions later. Ask prayer. We got a prayer request. Well, I took somebody out yesterday, God, please. But, but, I mean, by, by the way, the Bible simply does say that, that even to, to think it is sin, even to have the wrong thought. So you don't always have to have acted on, on something to know that, that your heart has sinned. Listen, maybe, maybe today you feel like that, that all you're going to do is to live the rest of your life facing the consequences of your sin. And I want you to hear this. Listen, sin does have consequence, all right? Because anything outside of God's will breathes into our lives things that we don't want and God didn't want in our lives. But Jesus can still give you complete victory over that sin. Hear me today. There is no sin, there is no past that Jesus can't help you overcome through the power of Jesus Christ. If you're breathing today, if you still are able to hear me today and, and respond to the truth today, today can be the beginning for you to move past the past. I want to I share with you today that the worst thing, here's, here's something God really put on my heart. Maybe you want to write this down. The worst thing you can ever do, the absolute worst thing you can ever do when it comes to your past is run from God. It's the worst thing you can do. Now, what, what does Satan try to do? Is the, the further you get away, the more he wants you to run away. I want you to hear that. The further you get away, the more he wants you to run away. And so the worst thing you can do is run from God. The best thing you can do is run to God. So if you're trying to get your life turned around and, and to overcome your past, um, and you aren't just coming to God today for a bailout, again, that, that means this, hey, I'm just asking God to fix everything for me. No, God, I'm asking you to fix everything within me and then trust you to, to settle everything around me. Listen, if you sincerely want to find God's peace and get in the center of God's will, I want to share with you from God's word how you can find victory over your past sinful decisions. The first thing you need to see is this. We find in God's word that in Christ, your past sin is forgiven by God's grace. 
in Christ, your past sin is forgiven by God's grace. Why is it forgiven? God's grace. God's grace is, is not giving you what you deserve. It's not, not giving you bad things for bad things, but God things despite your bad things. Listen, if not for God's grace, who could ever stand before the Lord? Who could ever pray a prayer and say, Lord, I come to you confidently right now? No one. Fortunately, there is no place that can't be covered by God's grace. There's no sin that God can't forgive and isn't willing, I want you to hear that, isn't wholeheartedly willing to forgive. God's not reluctant like we are sometimes. We're like, well, listen, I'll, I'll forgive you, but I really don't forgive you. Jesus he forgives you. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God doesn't say that he forgives us of some sin. He says, I will forgive you of all sin. Any of y'all ever use one of those magic erasers? Those things really do have magic in them, by the way. I mean, you can be, you can, I, I, listen, I don't, I don't clean a whole lot, but I know this much. You can be cleaning stuff with every supply you got. You pull out that magic eraser, you know. Um, I, I even erased a kid one time. Those things work, though, don't they? I mean, they're, they're, they're magic. Just like magic, God overcomes your sin for you. He, he pulls out his magic eraser through his son Jesus Christ and what he paid for you on the cross and what he overcame for you through that grave, and he just says, hey, it's all good now. It's all good now. Not, not that what you did was good, not that what happened was good, but it's all good because I forgive you. Listen, God sent Jesus as a sacrifice for all of your sins to make his grace available. That's why we need to be very careful that we don't look at people in society and treat them as if they're unforgivable when by the grace of God we are forgivable. Romans 3, 24 through 25 talks about the fact that he makes his grace available to us all. It says, God in his grace, he freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Listen, God has chosen not to beat us up about our past or because of past sin, which is anything we did that, that wasn't his way. Instead, out of his great love, he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to lavish us with love and to cover us by grace. Now listen, to experience God's grace and forgiveness, here's what you have to do. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter replied, If each of you, you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It is as simple as that for you to have salvation. You admit your sin, you repent of your sins, which means you turn from your sins. You, you're broken over those sins. You wholeheartedly desire to turn from those sins. And so you do an about face. You turn from those sins, you repent of them, and you turn to God and you say, God, please forgive me. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ, who died for me on that cross, who, who paid the price for my sins. Forgive me, take over my life, be my savior, 
be my Lord. The Bible says that if we do that by grace, you are saved. Won't be anybody in heaven that isn't there because of grace. You hear me? There will be nobody in heaven um, because guess what? There's no perfect people in heaven. If there are, if there are, if you got to be perfect to get into heaven, I know I'm not going to be there. Because I got a long, long list. I got a rap sheet, y'all. I mean, they don't have the, you're not going to find this on a background check, okay? But God's got it. He's like, my Lord, that Crosby, he's got a long list. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so that none of us can boast about it. Listen, whenever you ever are sharing your testimony about how you became a Christian, don't ever say, hey, it was because of what I did. No, it was because of the belief and the faith that we placed in what he's done. It is by grace through faith so that no one can boast. That puts us all on a level playing field. Whether you're the pastor, the president, the pope, or anybody else, you have to come to God the same way, by grace through faith. Listen, Jesus, when he was on that cross, when, when he said, it is finished, what he meant there was, I have paid the full price for all of your sins. It is finished. It is over. I need you to just believe me. But secondly, not only in Christ can you find total forgiveness and grace, in Christ, your past sin is never remembered again. In Christ, your past sin is never remembered again. Now, as human beings, we can't relate to this. <clears throat> Because even if you forgive someone of something, it's impossible for you because you have a, a human uh, tendencies in you to totally forget. In fact, it's, it's often that we may forgive someone, but we are still very reluctant to either trust that person or maybe that starts creating a reluctancy to trust anyone. When it comes to regrets and sins in the past, that we wished we hadn't done, and, and we struggle to forgive ourselves. By the way, that's what I see people struggling with. I try to tell people, don't, don't think that God's struggling to forgive you. You're struggling to forgive you. Maybe others around you are struggling to forgive you. And by the way, I got an antidote for that, and that's this. Um, you don't have to make someone forgive you. You just live in such a way to where God makes you forgivable. Okay? With time, with healing, um, with, with, with people just seeing that, hey, you aren't who you once were, your actions will speak loudest. Hebrews ten seventeen says, God says, I will never again remember their sins and their lawless deeds. He not only forgives our sins, but he forgets our sins. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them Again, see, God doesn't get historical on us. He doesn't try to, he, he doesn't want us living in the past because he doesn't want us to miss the present and he doesn't want us to miss the future. When Jesus forgives you of your confessed and your repented sin, he not only forgives it, but he forgets it. He doesn't hold anything against you. He doesn't hold the past against you. He's not saying, well, because you did this, I don't love you as much. Listen, you know what? Where God's a little different? I have four boys, okay? And everyone in the house knows that my youngest is the favorite. Why? Because he's just the youngest and he's spoiled, okay? Every last one of them got a story, they tell you. One of them, according to them, I beat him, beat him up because I made him take a shower one time. 
you got to do that. I told him, I said, by the time you get 18, you got to start showering. But how many of you know that while you may have different feelings towards people and you may have some people you like more than others and you may have some people that you show love greater to than others, God loves everybody and loves everybody equally. It does not matter what they've done. Don't ever think that you are partially loved compared to others. No, you are deeply loved. In fact, the grace of God shows that you have been loved no matter what. He doesn't hold your past sin against you. Instead, he removes it. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Listen, only Jesus can destroy and overcome sin's power over your life. Micah 719 in the Amplified Bible, it says, He shall again have compassion on us. He will subdue and tread underfoot our wickedness, destroying sin's power. Yes, you will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. Just like he's going to put the, 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 the devil in the depths of the sea, he's going to rid all of your sin, and therefore, by grace through faith in Christ alone, you're saved you're able to get to heaven. You're able to start this new life. But thirdly, in Christ, your past sin, it is used for God's glory. When it comes to your past sin, Christ wants to use it. God wants to use it for his glory. Yes, Jesus erases your sin. He erases the past. But he also wants to use the past. And he don't want to bring it up in a bad way. He wants to bring it up in a God way. He wants to use the pain, the regrets, the hardships, the mistakes for your good. Not just for his glory, but for your good and for his glory. Scripture tells us he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are according to his purpose for them. Some people never get to see that good and God never gets to get that glory because sometimes people just continue to walk in their pain and walk in their way instead of turning to God. Again, the worst thing you can ever do is turn from God instead of turn to God. And some of you, greatest decision you can make today is that, hey, this time as you turn to God, you're not going to turn away. I didn't say you're not going to sin. I'm talking about you're not going to turn away. You're, you're, you're not going to look to other things and other people and other solutions to fix on something only Christ can help with. Listen, God now plans to use everything you've ever gone through, everything you've ever done, even the things that you most regret. He wants to use those for, his good, for your good and for his glory. Listen, every believer has a past. And in fact, here's your testimony. I want you to write this down. It's not up on the screen. Here's your testimony, basically this. What was your life before Christ saved you? Okay? Life before Christ. What was your life like before Christ? And then how has Jesus Christ changed your life? since you believed, since you surrendered. And by the way, it's not just a matter of believing, it's a matter of surrendering. The Bible says this in Romans 10, 9, if you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. See, see some people think that they're saved but just because they said a prayer. No, you're, 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 you're saved because you believed and you chose to surrender your heart and, and, and Christ came to live within you. Listen, the Apostle Paul, who became a great man of God, wrote much of the New Testament helped many, many a pastor, and it still inspires many of us to this day. He, he had countless followers that, that, that were able to find Christ by following him. But he had a very, very bad, very bad past. He had as bad a past as anybody that you would ever know of. And like before he gave his life to Christ, he was violently persecuting 
even being responsible for killing other believers. Listen to what Paul says about who he was before he became a pastor, before his surrender to Christ. 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 17. It says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has granted me the needed strength and made me able for this because he considered me faithful and trustworthy, putting me into service for the ministry, even though I was formerly a blasphemer of our Lord and a persecutor of his church and a shameful and outrageous and violent aggressor towards believers, yet I was shown mercy because I acted out of ignorance in unbelief. The grace of our Lord, his amazing, unmerited favor and blessing flowed out in super, I love that word, super abundance. Listen, God throws out his grace on you in super abundance. It says, for me, together with the faith and love which are realized in Christ Jesus, this is a faithful and trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance and approval that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among who I am foremost yet. For this reason, I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost of sinners, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example or pattern for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king of the, all the ages, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Listen, the Apostle Paul did not shy away from talking about his past, from, from uh, referencing his past, because he knew that God, through his past and through the change and the life that he had now given him, it demonstrated God's grace, it demonstrated God's goodness, and it reflected God's glory. God allows certain things to happen in your life so that he might show you his grace so that he might show others the opportunity for them to receive the same grace that you received. In fact, one thing I try to do with people is I, I tell people I, I have a, I, have a um, I, I use the word Rolodex, but, but I, I, I have this, this memory in my mind of, of many, many, many people, some of you, some of others, but countless people, that I have, I have gotten to hear your story or know pieces of your story. And the moment that I deal with someone that's dealing with something significant, the first thought in my mind is, who else do I have or know that has truly gotten through that, not just dealt with it, gotten through that, overcame that, and is on the other side of that, that could breathe hope to someone who's not there yet. And doesn't believe they can, they can get there. That's, that's, that's how God wants to use your stuff. Listen, you need, sometimes you need to accept your tribe, okay? I didn't, I didn't ask, I didn't ever ask God and said, hey, I'd like to be a, a member of the chronic pain tribe, okay? And yet, every time I see anybody with some life-altering pain or, or condition, I am drawn to it. You can bring me 100 people in the room, and I can promise you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to recognize the five that, that can identify with anything that I know I can identify with, and I'm instantly, God's putting on my heart saying, hey, you need to go to them and help them see the grace of God in your life. You need to go to them and, and help them know that you know what it's like to not see that you can have hope and actually utter the words to your wife and say, hey, babe, I just can't get beyond this. I can't get any better. And yet for God to show up and do something despite you that you couldn't do and you didn't even believe he could do. Some of you need to hear that today. You don't believe God can take you past where you are. 
And that's, that, that's your first thing. You got to put your little hand in his big hand. And trust me when I tell you, I've never seen a situation or a person who surrendered their life to Jesus Christ that God wasn't able to pull them up and out and through. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says, but my life is, is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Listen, are you seeking to do the work that God has assigned to you? That's not for me to answer. That's for you to answer. Are you seeking to be who God made you to be, go where God wants you to go, do and say what God wants you to do? Listen, God wants to use your past to tell others about the good news of his grace. He does not want you to bury your past or act like it never happened. He doesn't want you to live in it. But he also don't, doesn't want you to bury it because it, within that is power. You know what it does is there's power. It reminds you of what he's done, and it also lets others know what he's done. But fourthly, in Christ, your past sin is not what defines you. In Christ, your past sin is not what defines you. You know, this world loves to give us labels, okay? You give any of us some time and let, let us be around somebody and and they tell us things, and instantly, humanly, because we're actually bred this way, we start thinking, hey, well, they're this type of person. They're that type of person. Listen, there's, no, there's only one type of people, sinners saved by grace. This world gives us, us, us labels. This world likes to define us based on what we have or have not done, what we've, what we've uh, experienced or, or where we've been. And listen, thank God this is not how Jesus works. When we give our lives to Jesus, we become new people. In fact, that's the way that God sees people, by the way. He sees them all as people. Every person. Sometimes you got to remember, every person you run into, that's, that's somebody's um, child. That's somebody's um, spouse. That's somebody's uh, friend. That's somebody's family member. That's somebody that could be you. I'm, I'm so thankful that, that for God so loved the world that he gave us uh, only son, that whoever believes in him, that whoever, that whoever is anybody. God found everybody worthy. He's making everyone worthy. Listen, no longer are we the same people. When you become a Christian, you're not, if you, when you truly, I'm saying, because see, some of you, you I, I believe this, you have to grow into understanding your identity in Christ. That takes a while. That takes years. Uh, I don't mind saying that. It's, it's taken years. In fact, um, something that was just on my mind um, here recently is this. It has taken me, it has taken me 30 years in ministry to be able to truly sit here and look you in the eyes and be honest and say, you know what? Ministry is no longer a job to me. It's a joy. And I started thinking about it because my dad used to say that all the time. And I don't know what my dad felt like the first 30 years of his ministry. I only was able to really, really see those last 15 years of his 45 years in ministry and, and, you know, and try to process that. For all I know, maybe he spent years going, man, this is just one kind of job. God, don't you think you could have given me something else? Okay. You've got things in your life. You kind of go, man, you know, why me? Why, why was I chosen? Listen, it is a joy to be a child of God. It is a joy to have an assignment given to you by God. And the joy is, is in God using you to help other people find him. But, but at, just as I had to grow into, if you want to say, my calling, 
You, you have to grow into understanding your new identity in Christ. That the moment that you, you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ and believed in, in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus uh, took over your life and the Spirit of God came to live within your life, you're no longer the same person. You, listen, you may have still the same hair color. You may still have the same color eyes. You may still have some of the same tendencies, but you're not the same person. You are, listen, what do we call you? A Christian. We call you a Christian because now you are little Christ. Christ now lives in you. You've now surrendered to Christ. You're no longer trying to follow the world. You're trying to follow Christ. You are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says anyone who belongs to Christ, they have become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. I want you to, 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 to just say that in your heart. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. Satan wants to make you think that you can never get past the old life. And so if he can keep you looking and, and just continually uh, wallowing, as they would say, because uh, there's a difference between wallowing and processing, wallowing in the past, then you'll never get to experience your future. When Jesus comes into our hearts, we become new from the inside out. When we believe in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of all sin and the promise of eternal life, we become, the Bible says, citizens of heaven. This is not your home, by the way. Quit acting like this is your home. Live as if heaven is your home. And that, listen, the only reason God left you here, I really believe this firmly, the only reason God left you here um, after you gave your heart and life to Jesus Christ was so that you could help other people become citizens of heaven. Otherwise, you have no purpose. You have no purpose. And by the way, I, I need you to help me, and I beg you with this when I say this. I'm not going to say this. I know, I know it might come across wrong. I'm just saying it. Doesn't, it isn't at any one of you. I'll know that we're all seeking to live like citizens of heaven and love, lift, and lead as many people as we can for Christ when we do not have seats available. We will not have seats available. Let me tell you how confident I get in that type of stuff, Okay. If, 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 I, if, I, if, I wasn't, if I didn't have to just continue and say, well, okay, God, well, my role is to just keep, keep trying to be where you need me to be and, and help and love others and, and coach others, um, I could go out there right now to this county, reach 20 to 25 new people a week, okay? I'm not saying that to boast to me. I'm saying that, that it's just, listen, it's like when I go fishing and I say, listen, I'm, I ain't going fishing to see if I can get some fish. Half everybody, three-fourths of everybody out there is hillbilly deluxe pickup trucks. All you need to do is sprinkle some love and actually be legitimately following Jesus Christ. You can love them to the cross. In fact, I'm telling you right now, if you got somebody in your family, you got somebody in your friend base, you got somebody in your neighborhood, it is time for you to quit just praying for them that they might find Jesus. It is time for you to be Jesus. It is time for you to be Jesus. I, I mean, listen, I'm always thinking in my mind, who are the people that God is pointing me to try to lead to maybe Christ for the first time, but also who is God calling me to try to bring along and I, I sort of say keeping my top three to five of discipling and, 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 and trying to teach them everything that I do know. And by the way, you do that just by loving them where they are. You just take the conversations as they come and, and, you, and you try to help somebody find what somebody maybe helped you find before. But that's why we're here, okay, is to help people be spiritually reborn. We cannot save them, by the way. He's the Savior. We're the messengers. 
we got to remember that. We're his ambassadors, the scripture says, as if he was making his appeal through us. John chapter 1, 12 through 13 says, But to all who believed him, that's Jesus, and accepted him, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Listen, in Christ, you are no longer defined by your yesterdays. You are no longer just any child. You are a child of God. You have been blood-bought with a price that took everything. Romans 8, 1 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as their personal Lord and their Savior. Listen, when we fully allow Christ to take over our lives, we find freedom from sin. We find victory over sin because now we find a new identity. We are now who God says we are, not what others say we are. Sometimes, listen, don't. Don't transfer the way other people make you feel onto thinking that's how God feels. God loves you. God, God was willing to go to any extent. God, listen, God would rather see his only son die for you than to live without you. Now, the way you have this new identity is, is again, you let Christ take over. Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I want you to hear this. There's going to be a million times throughout your Christian walk that you don't understand what God's doing. I, I face that every day. There's plenty. I have more question marks than I have exclamation marks. But I don't try to live based off the, the question marks. I try to live based on the exclamation marks, on the clarity of what God has made clear to me, what God has said. Listen, when we open up the Word of God, we're looking at the promises of God, we're hearing the voice of God, and we have to just choose to believe it and receive it, even when we maybe don't feel it or see it at that time. But last but not least, in Christ. Your past sin, it is unable to steal your future. Your past sin is unable to steal your future. Your past mistakes, your past sin, it may have certain consequences here on earth, but there is no past sin that will keep a believer from experiencing all that God has for them. Not just in eternity, but even in the present. What he has for you. What he has for you. Listen, your, your future is secure in Christ by grace through faith in Christ alone. John 10, 28 through 29, Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my father has given them to me. He is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the father's hand. You see, the world does not have the authority over you nor the last authoritative decision over you. God does. I really believe this. There's nothing that can happen in this world that God doesn't either allow or orchestrate. Either way, he's not taken by surprise. Listen, there's nothing you've done or experienced that has taken God by surprise. I told you before, if you look at something as just an accident, then you can't see it as an opportunity. If you look at something as just an accident, you, you, you're not seeing it as an appointment. Listen, God saw what you did, God knew what you would do, and God knows what he has planned. 
Nothing that has happened up to this point in your life derails God's plans for you. And the only way that, that the, the past is wasted is if you waste it. It's only for you not, not to see that God wants to repurpose it. A lot of times we, we hit a certain point in our lives. We say, well, this is just isn't the way that I expected it to look. This is just not the way that I expected things to happen in my life. Well, join the crowd. There's a lot of things that happen that we didn't see happening, and we didn't, we didn't believe whatever happened, and, 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 and yet we have to understand God's bigger than that. Jeremiah 29, 11, you've heard it many a time, but, but sometimes you need to receive it into your heart. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Nowhere in that scripture or any scriptures before or after does God say that, that but this is the only way you have the future. Now, the only thing it says in there at all um, is that you'll, you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. You, you got to wholeheartedly trust God. You got to wholeheartedly seek God for the hope, for the future. Listen, Jesus came to give you forgiveness. He came to give you a new beginning. He came to give you a new identity. He came to give you a life worth living. And he came to give you a future in heaven for eternity. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to its fullest. A lot of people are denying themselves of a fuller life thinking that they can find it out there. And all that does out there is leave you empty. You could have the best time today or tomorrow. You can post on social media, this is the best day of my life and feel like the lowest place in your life right after that. Because only Jesus can give you peace. Only Jesus can give you life. And, and, and by the way, I think the only, the only time that you finally put all your eggs in God's basket is when you realize you no longer need to treat optional uh, options out there as even coming close to God's best. You, you, you quit looking to other things and other plans and, or coming up with your own plans. Instead, you go, you know what? God's got a plan. Satan's trying to, ki- listen, the scripture's very clear right there. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your hopes. He wants to kill your dreams. He wants to steal your hope. He wants to kill your dreams. He wants to discourage your spirit. He wants to, to, to cloud you. He loves to keep you in the past, by the way. Loves it. He loves for you to put off, um, uh, uh, you know, today what you think you can do tomorrow. And then that just gets deeper and deeper. And by the way, the longer you go without... Um, turning to God, the, the more you are convinced you can't turn. I've been there before to where you're like, well, I ain't prayed all week. No real legitimate prayer. I hadn't prayed all week, God, and, and sought to do something in your strength. And so, well, I pray right now. So you, so you lose your confidence. So you, you, don't, you only feel as close as you are. All right, but, but see, that, that would be wrong because that's when we then need to know the word of God which says we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. Thank God. Listen, I'm, I'm so glad that my, my, my parents taught me very early on in my life that there's no, thing, no place that can't be covered by his grace and that, that I can come to him as a believer, listen, anytime and say, God, you know what I'm battling. You know what I'm feeling. You know where this is taking me. You know what I've done. God, please forgive me. God, please empower me. God, please help me. Lord, I believe you have a future for me. Sometimes you've got to fight for it, and other times you need to understand that God's got to fight for you. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. I want you to hear that part. You got created anew in Christ. You gave your heart and life to Christ. Really, your life is just beginning because now you can live a life worth living and you can make the main thing the main thing. It, listen, it's a joy to get to wake up each day and know whose you are and who you are in Christ. To know that, hey, you know what? Today's going to be a God-made day. Why? Because God woke me up. Two, because God has a purpose for it. And, and, and see, like, like I said, you, you get that joy. You get that freedom. You get that peace. You're not being held by the past. Instead, you're even going, hey, God, even all that slop you're planning to use. You may not see it, but God is still planning and has good plans for you. If you surrender your life fully to Christ, you will experience that plan. I didn't say this happens overnight. Sometimes, sometimes your feelings, I want you to write this down. Sometimes your feelings have to catch up to your faith. Sometimes your feelings have to catch up to your faith. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, in the Good News translation, it says, But the Lord says, Do not cling to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Watch for the new thing I am going to do. It is already happening already. You can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. Some of you don't even realize it, but God's already got you on the good path. He's already gotten your attention. He's already not just woken you up, but he's gotten you up, and he has you right where he has always wanted you to be, which is not just broken but open. Oftentimes, you've got to get broken to be open. I close with this final truth. Never forget that in Christ, you can always find victory. Never forget that in Christ, you can always find victory. Romans 8.37 says, No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Would you bow your heads with me? Dearly Father, God, Lord, I want to thank you I want to thank you, Lord, for your love and your grace. Lord, I want to thank you for sending your son, Jesus, down from heaven to die for our sins so that whoever believes in you could have eternal life. God, we thank you that not only did you pay the price for sin, Lord, but through your death, burial, and resurrection, you overcame sin for us. God, I pray, that, Lord, that, that, that each person listening right now would realize, Lord, no matter where they've been, no matter where they are, you love them and you will forgive them. You tell us if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. You will throw those things as far as the east is from the west. God, you will repurpose them. You will give us peace despite them. God, I pray, Lord, as we, as we respond to your invitation that we would humble ourselves before you, Lord, and receive the gift of your grace. Receive the gift of your, 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 your forgiveness. Lord, receive the gift of the new identity that we can find only in you and your son, Jesus Christ. God, meet us where we are. Lord, may we each decide to turn to you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. This altar is open. Would you stand with us? I'm available here.